Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity uh, of fellowship, of exploring your love deeper with community. We ask your continued blessing on this community as we struggle through this pandemic. We ask that you keep us tight, that you love us, and that you show us love, and that you continue to guide us in your love. In your name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Andrew Treg, a good friend, known each other back from mission trip, and uh, he works for the Northwestern Mutual Company. It's the quiet company in Lafayette. He is a financial planner. I'm sorry, I probably said that wrong. Did no, you got it. I got That's it right. It. Okay, welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, um, born and raised in the great city of Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, son to Ray and Maria Treg um, of the Magnificat Travel, and um, got so blessed to have the opportunity to go to Fatima and St. Thomas More, and and then UL after that, and be a part of the Raging Cajun Catholics, where All I right. met my beautiful bride, Alexis, formerly Fontenot, now Treg, from the wonderful metropolis of Ville Platte, Louisiana. Ville Platte. Well, I want to say, first of all, he comes from a great family, and if you guys don't know Magnificat Travel, they, they have just been a blessing to Acadiana, uh, traveling pilgrims all over the world, and I have had the great pleasure of going on several mission trips with them, including the Holy Land. And you and I met uh, in, I think it was Puerto Rico. Sounds like Puerto Rico, probably. Yeah, yeah back when it was that, you were at STM. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And I remember you and I being on, on the back in the back of a bus, having some deep spiritual conversations, and Pablo being on the trip and all. But I've always admired you from a distance because such a young man with a great faith. And uh, so, tell us a little bit. Where does that faith come from? Man, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk to talk to you today about this because how blessed are we to be in such an awesome community? Um, we are. When I think of how blessed we are, I think of so many vibrant parishes here and. I think you know for me that that faith started of course as it as it should in the domestic church right with mm-hmm. mom and dad and their commitment to the sacraments and their commitment to church and mom frankly working for the church before uh before magnificat was born and so uh that was the start of it um and where where i really started to fall in love with christ was was in those communities you know in junior high at fatima and going to steubenville conferences here and there and faith camp uh, out in the family missions company, and then following that, it was it was the opportunity to grow deeper in my faith through STM and the programs at the Raging Cajun Catholics at UL. Of course, at the center of it all was was the sacraments. It was the Eucharist, and it was the relationship with Jesus. But man, so many opportunities! You have to you have to really try <laughs> to miss all of the opportunities as a young person in Acadiana. It's it's unbelievable. You do, you know, at the same time, um, I know a lot, of, that's my circles, right? I mean, I went to Catholic school at Cathedral, and you and I know a lot of people that, um, we, that we've graduated with and whatnot that have had the same exposure, but definitely not the same outcome. You know, it's, it's there, but unless you really press forward in your own faith, uh, you, you miss it all. And I'm telling you, Andrew, maybe there's a lot of people that's your age that, that get it. I don't know that. Uh, I know there are a lot because I'm so impressed with the Raging Cajun Catholics and all. But, 
you know, not everyone gets it. So, I mean, did, 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 were you touched? I mean, for me, I had a conversion, big moment at Curcio for me, and life was never the same. Do you feel like you've had a conversion in your life? Absolutely. You know, thinking about particularly the mission trip experiences, I've been, you know, it's another one of those how blessed are we moments to, to be the son of someone who, 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 you know, brought Magnificat into this, this community. There was 28 mission trips, Todd, um, all short term, right? About a week long, some of which I was a part of leadership, some of which I was just a participant, some of which I was a child. You know, I can remember going to Mexico as a nine-year-old and, uh, and being a part of that mission early on. And, and so there were, there were some moments where certainly the invitation was accepted. And so I think to your point about those people who maybe uh, had a lot of the same opportunities you and I did, but maybe didn't, didn't accept the invitation, when I talk about how great this community is, I, I talk about the invitation, which requires a response, right? And and we don't all answer that response in the time that we would all like or that we'd all like to share, but that's what I'm really proud of, the community invitation being present. I have friends that uh, are in my spiritual group that made one mission trip and set them on a path to acts retreats and curcio and, and adoration, weekly adoration. And and, and a gentleman I think of that we had a few weeks ago that's a pilot in, from Lafayette here, United Airlines, and, and he went on one mission trip and set him on a path. You've been on 28 mission trips? 28. That's insane. A lot without uh, without any choice. It was pack Jeez. up. We're leaving tomorrow. Usually the day after Easter, you know, the spring breaks and. Okay, so I think, I believe that I was with you when I had a supernatural experience in Puerto Rico. Um, I believe, and it could, it could have been the Costa Rica trip because I've been on three with my daughters. But, but, but just, I'll, tell, I'll share my story. It's brief, but we were painting a, a Blessed Mother statue, and the can flipped over the top of the paint can. I don't know if you're, this rings a bell. And I took a picture. I don't know why. I pulled out my phone, took a picture of the top of the paint can, and in, in that top of the paint can was just a very vivid picture of the Blessed Mother and Jesus. And, and I showed it to, shared it to a lot of people and kind of forgot about it and all. But have you had supernatural experiences? And tell us about them. You know, I can mm-hmm. remember vividly in college uh, on mission with the Raging Cajun Catholics in uh, the Greeks, actually. It was it was sponsored by the Raging Cajun Catholics, but it was the, the fraternities and sororities who, who brought probably 50 students out there. And I remember being at a point um, in my faith where I was, I was certainly struggling with a few things and just asking God for um, for a little bit more of a tangible sign, which is hilarious considering our sacraments, right? Uh, what more tangible signs do we need? But, um, and I remember a day playing out, you know, over the course of the day, and then the psalm that evening that uh, our leader had picked for us to meditate on. It was Psalm 19. It was the message goes out forth to the ends of the earth, and it was talking about essentially bringing the message out, and we were on mission. It concluded with, as the athlete joyfully runs his course. Now, I'm not an, an all-star athlete. I was the manager back in high school of the basketball team, so that's my athletic experience. But that particular day, we had, uh, we had gotten to go play a little pickup soccer with the kids in the community. Uh, and I remember thinking, man, I hadn't played, just played, you know, just been present and played. Um, and there was a certain joy in that. So to hear that psalm that evening, it just it felt supernatural, and it was a, it was another invitation um, to go back, if that makes any sense. That. So it was a great great experience. 
I think one of the most impressionable things in my life, you won't believe this, but it, you were you were involved, and we've never really discussed it, but um, I've only been to a couple of two, three weddings in my life where, where the, the, the bride and groom felt strongly to have an adoration hour prior to the ceremony, and uh, and I was privileged enough to, to go to yours at, at Wisdom and remember having a very profound effect on me, but... We love a Cajun love story, but so tell us a little bit about how you met your wife. Oh man, this is this is great. <laughs> um, so I was uh, in my second junior year. I had two junior years over at, at UL, not two senior years. <laughs> and um, and uh, Alexis walked in with her friends. There were actually four of these young ladies from Ville Platte, and uh, who were just absolutely strong in their faith and immediately wanted to be a part of wisdom. It was the summer before that year, and um, that's where we had met, and the, the conversation was brief. Um, shortly thereafter, into that fall semester, we, uh, she, she really kind of got incorporated into our huge friend group, which um, I'm still proud of. I mean, that friend group today is teaching our kids in schools, mm. managing our money, not just my, my practice, but there's other financial advisors in that group. They are uh, they are former seminarians. They are happily married. They're they're contributing to this community. It's incredible. But anyway, she became a, a great member of our, our friend group, and uh, we just we, we started dating. We kind of hit it off. And uh, I remember telling a friend, you know, I'm not sure if she's really mature enough for me, which was <laughs> hilarious for anyone who knows us. Uh, she will forever be the more mature 50 percent of our marriage, and uh, she's just been awesome. Oh, that's great. You know, that's four Cajun Catholic girls from Villeplat. You know, I mean, this is like, I love it. This is a good Cajun Catholic story there. So, all right, fast forward. Uh, you and I um, have had some discussions in my office prior to about uh, entrepreneurism. Um, you are, have done very well. I read a little bit of your bio. You started at Northwestern, I believe, at 19. That doesn't just happen. Still there, uh, been there, what, nine, ten years? Yeah, finishing up an eighth year here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how has that been? Now, I, I find it funny with spiritual guys, and I know several. I know Mr. Taylor Davis and uh, that sell life insurance, you know, because we believe in life after death, I guess, you know, the eternal life. And then, and I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a different perspective when we have such a spiritual life and you're selling life insurance, right? So anyway, sure. tell us a little bit about your occupation. Yeah, so uh, it definitely started as, as very much a um, a life insurance and long-term disability insurance planning internship while I was still in school. You know, one of the greatest gifts mom and dad gave me was, uh, was the option to move out and not pay for any of my bills mm. once I did. Um, and so I, I told them lovingly, great, I'll take that deal and I'll go figure this thing out. And once I got into that rent house and saw the bills coming, I, I you know, freaked out pretty quickly. Um, and then, and then had to find a, uh, an internship or a job during college that would support my lifestyle and, and pay the bills and help pay for college. And so, uh, through another great Catholic in the area, Mr. John Listy, oh. uh, who had taken on a responsibility for managing the internship at Northwestern Mutual. Um, also going back to that St. Thomas More community, uh, he offered me a, a spot after an, uh, an interview process, and that's how that, that whole story kind of began. That's nice. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of talked about God's will and, and, and your will kind of coinciding, and, and that can happen in an occupation. And I know that's on your heart today. Talk about that. Sure, sure. So one of the things I'm, I'm really, really impressed with um, is folks who are fortunate enough for whatever reason to, to find their calling professionally very early on 
and know at the bottom of their hearts that this is what they're called to do and they're able to dive in completely. You see it a lot of times with entrepreneurs, but you see it a lot of times with, with people who are part of an organization that they really care about and that they want to see grow. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm enthralled with the stories of uh, young business owners and their successes and failures um, that are never really talked about, you know? Uh, there are, there were, I can count them and I remember them vividly. There are times in a young entrepreneur's life where, uh, you have to put your tail between your legs and you have to figure some things out. And in some cases, even ask for money from family or from support. And, um, those are failures. Those feel like failures. And in that moment, you're most vulnerable to be loved. So it's really interesting. You know, God uses both the calling and the successes, but also the, the, the humility and the vulnerabilities there to, uh, to be loved and show love. And it's been a, it's been a cool story. You know, I think of kind of like redemptive suffering for business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, right. On paper. You can view yeah, it on paper. That's right. You got to go through the hard times and then, you know, and you get that redemption sort of at the end when you're successful. And I find kids today, you know, um, and I'm a big fan of kids today. Some people say, oh, you know, when I was young, people weren't that way, and the world's coming to an end. I don't, I don't look at it that way at all. I have a lot of faith in the in the youth of Acadiana for sure, but I call them the young and the restless in my business. You know, some of the ones that come and work for us that they they want to move, they they're in a hurry, they want to uh, feel like they got to go out and and test the waters and work for come and leave and go or looking for a quick promotion, and and I, I just that's not the way to success. I don't, I don't think. Sure. You know, you get with a good company and you stick with them, and uh, there's something to that. There's a community. I hope we have that community at our dealership. And how about how about the fact that you know we as young people often, even unfortunately, even into our 30s, are still developing our identity, right? Mm -hmm. And that identity is is developed not just spiritually, but certainly professionally. And uh, in our culture, where it's so quick to the next step or the next job, and and in a world that's so connected with LinkedIn and you know, recruiters firing off emails constantly. It's hard to develop your identity as a professional in any one space. But I would, I would argue that those who take the time to do so and maybe even forfeit a little bit of money up front or forfeit a little bit of opportunity up front truly start to understand uh, that position. They understand the relationships uh, that they get to grow and that are necessary for that position and that role to be fulfilled. And I think there's a lot of advantages to that. Um, yeah. Remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Andrew Treg. He is a financial planner for The Quiet Company in Lafayette, Northwestern Mutual. And uh, just a wonderful man, very driven. Uh, I can say that about him. Very successful early in his life. And so where do you get your motivation? Wow, that's a fun question. Uh, there is something, and anyone who knows my mother knows this about our family, there is something in our family um, that is absolutely driven to prove something, mostly to ourselves. <laughs> um, and and when I think of what that meant for my practice, uh, there was no question in my mind that we were going to give our daughters the opportunity to go to these incredible private and Catholic schools that we have in this in this area. That was that was a non-negotiable. So the first drive is to to provide an education for those kids to the you know and and knowing my vocation of marriage early on, uh, I knew that was going to be part of the conversation. So not that it's all about money, but uh, it does take money to to run these things and to do these these uh, make these decisions and be a part of these communities and the, these schools that means so much to us. 
So that's been a source of motivation. And then in general, you know, our business is, is really interesting. We run around uh, asking people to do things that they know they need to do. Um, but it's hard to do. It's kind of like if you were a physical trainer and you ran around uh, trying to find people to work out, <laughs> you know, and, and to eat healthy. And we all know at the end of the day that we need to do that. Um, but now your income is somewhat dependent on people actually taking you up on that offer to get to the gym and, and, and work out. And so same deal in finance, right? We need to save, we need to protect, we need to do all the things that are important and we need to prepare. Um, and there's a level of prudence there that I think most of us would agree with, but it's, um, it's a challenge and, and the motivation is people to see people take that step and to watch it play out over and over again of these, these wonderful people planning for themselves, saving for the future, protecting what's most important to them. Uh, the motivation has become the, the success stories of the last eight years. You know, This is something that's been on my heart very recently, something I plan to do and a good friend of mine did, and I want you to help me with this, help our listeners as well. So I assume Catholic school was, was always going to, for your children, that's a non-starter, right? It's going to be a Catholic school. Absolutely. Why? When I think about so many different parts of my life and my wife's life, so much of it has been influenced by surely Jesus Christ himself, but also the sacraments um, and also the communities around us. And to be put in at a young age in an environment where you have access to the sacraments and you have access to a community that cares as much about the sacraments or as almost as much about the sacraments as we should, um, that's the end of the deal. There's not much, there's not much else to say about it. You know, certainly we have phenomenal public schools. I have phenomenal Catholic friends, phenomenal people that I know in my life who, who did not go to private school and for whatever reason couldn't accept that invitation um, and that's okay, but that is a non-negotiable in our world. And, and so much of, of who Alexis and I are today, uh, was brought on by those opportunities given by both of our parents. So yeah. thank y'all. Yeah. I want to share, uh, my daughter had to write a paper on my mother and she, mom had a lot of success in her life, started many, many philanthropic organizations in Lafayette and, uh, had a, a wonderful, successful life of giving back. And, and, and when, when, when asked what was the what, what's the carrot in your life? What has been the thing you can one say, the one thing that you say was the most successful thing in your life that you've accomplished? And she said, my Catholic education. Now, I was blown away. I'm like, what? You know, all the things that she'd done in her life, you know, and mom went to Ursuline and was, was brought up by the nuns. And it really impressed me. And, um, and so that stuck with me. And so speaking as a financial planner, one of the things I mentioned earlier that never really finished that, that conversation, but a buddy of mine set up a trust fund for his grandkids to go to Catholic school. As long as they go to Catholic school, uh, he was going to fund that and, um, and their education would be free. I have a great interest in doing that for my grandchildren. Maybe there's a lot of listeners out there that may have that same idea if they're strong in their belief of Catholic education. How would you go about that? Have you have you heard much about that? Sure, sure. So that that's all a part of the last segment of financial planning, right? Um, the the legacy goals, right? And so that that normally factors into folks in their retirement plan and how that affects their ability to draw income during retirement. Um, but how you'd go about that is is get the right people involved, you know. 
and spend that time. So many people want to do so many things, right? How many times have we caught ourselves saying, I need to get back to working out and I'm guilty of it, right? (laughs) I need to get back to working out. I need to get back to eating healthy. Let's make the phone call. This is a lot easier, right? This is a lot easier. Let's get the people we know, love, trust, and want to work with and let's make the leap and trust that if 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 God has put that objective on our heart, um, then we need to make the leap. I'll tell you a quick, interesting story. I was meeting with um, a very successful professional in the area recently, a young young guy, and um, due up for a promotion soon. And we were talking about his finances, and you know he's got this huge calling on his heart to go um, just teach and be a part of the STM community. Mm-hmm. He's never uh, never taught in his life, um, had limited experiences with the STM community, but but good experiences, right? Um, and I'm harping on STM. There's plenty of other you know schools in, sure. in, in here that in, in this community that are awesome as well. Um, but let's make that leap. Let's explore that. So so our conversation really centered around you know how do we make how do we make the finances work? You know it was kind of an interesting conversation. A lot of people think financial planners. It's how do we grow? How do we save? How do we earn more? The, the whole nine yards. Our conversation was how do we, how do we downsize at an early age and still get the kids to Catholic school, which is his primary goal, and 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 go do that. You know, yeah. make that leap. It's doable, isn't it? Yeah. It it is. It is. And 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 you know why it's doable, Todd? Because of the generosity of this community to those schools over a long period of time. Yeah. Give me a little sneak peek of what your prayer life looks like uh, today. And sure. Has it changed? Oh, my goodness. Um, has it changed? So <laughs> we have a, a four-year-old, a beautiful four-year-old little girl and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and, a half year old, and um, it feels as if, though, our prayer life happens in snippets, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, the 15 minutes before they wake up, the 10 minutes when they go to bed, um, the, the rare five minutes before mass starts where they're they're drinking their milk so they're quiet right <laughs> um but the prayer honestly has has started to happen in the workplace albeit quietly um in that time of meditation of planning and 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 allowing the lord to love us in our work and uh and allow us to be a vessel of love in our work right and and love looks differently and lo- love looks different in the professional sense obviously <laughs> And it's not just how do we love ourselves and how do we be loved, but it's how do we love our coworkers? How do we love those we're leading uh, in a manner appropriate, not just for the business, but hopefully for the salvation of souls as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so the prayer life, and and then of course, you know, mass has always been the sacraments have always been important to us. And so even with two little rascals jumping all over the place, um, I'll just find that it happens in little snippets. Uh. I would say just from a distance that Andrew here is a academic a little bit. You know, he knows his faith, I believe, inside and out, I believe. And um, what are you, are you reading anything today or have you picked up anything about your faith maybe in the last 30 days, something that, that you, you like to share with our audience? Sure. Yeah. So um, those of you who are involved in, in, in that sector of this community aren't going to be shocked to hear that I'm uh, currently listening to the audiobook of Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Jordan Peterson, a clinical Canadian psychologist, turned uh, seemingly uh, right-wing uh, <laughs> philosopher. Um, and what I love about his work, admittedly, is he's not a Catholic. He's got a wonderful podcast out there with Bishop Ryan Ryan Bar- Robert Barron. Uh, I encourage folks to check it out. And what's what's so interesting about his work, in my opinion, is that 
he operates on a somewhat secular platform that just leads you straight to Jesus Christ himself. Wow. Uh, which is what evangelists, you know, evangelicals have been looking for forever, right? Like, what are we doing, right? If we're if we're trying to evangelize and uh, and and starting from the Catholic truth, that's one thing, and and that needs to be the source of all of it, right? Jesus is the source of all of it. However, to to he's a you know he's a biblical scholar, and he's just an absolutely just captivating speaker and author, and so that's actually what I've been spending. All right, tell me a little bit about. Do you have a favorite? Uh uh, Bible character or perhaps a, a, a patron saint, a saint that you have a devotion to? This is going to sound so uh, simple, but Father Joe Bro, uh, who was just absolute stud of a priest um, who passed away a few years back, told me way back in high school, he said, you know, Andrew, Andrew introduced Jesus' most important disciple. Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always kind of felt that call that, you know, um, whether it be through my business, through my marriage, through my, through my whatever, through my fatherhood, whatever it might be, introduce people to Jesus and invite, you know, have that invitation present. Because that's, that's what it's been for me, yeah. you know, it's, it's been an invitation. Um, and certainly that looks different, again, in different settings, but that's, that's what I hope, you know, that's, that's who, I, who I think about and what I think about whenever I think about great saints and there's a whole lot of stuff behind that right i've asked some guests uh lie you know here on the air kind of put you on the spot and everyone seems to give me the same answer but i'm gonna ask you are you you watching the chosen wow you know we have uh the chosen has been advertised in my house from about four or five different couples and we are currently not Watching the shows, it's you know really, what we are watching, Todd? Coco Melon. It's hilarious, <laughs> and I know Coco Melon from my grandchild for sure. sure. And uh, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the guy with the be- Blippy. Blippy. Oh, Blippy. I've heard of Blippy. Oh I'm not, man, we're Blip- not on the Blippy train yet. There's but- a, there's a Blippy train. Sure. Yeah, so I love the Chosen, and and and, and um, it's beautiful, and it's not by a Catholic uh, director and and what whatnot. But goodness gracious, for our listeners out there, get get the Chosen. It's free. It's a free app, and uh, it will touch you. And when you mentioned Andrew, his character on there, I just think of that guy immediately. You know, uh, sure. it's a beautiful show, uh, Andrew. Uh, any wisdom for our listeners? Anything? Any message you want to pass along to our Catholic people? I would just, you know, it's a tough time. Um, We have a global pandemic. We have a whole bunch of other things we could list out as as uh, as this generation of Catholics endures um, this time frame. And uh, I want to I want to speak to that a little bit. I want to counteract that a little bit. Um, My wife and I, the constant conversation in our house is how blessed are we? Um, And so I would encourage our listeners. I would encourage. Uh, anybody who will hear this, that uh, let's let's talk about how blessed are we, you know, for this community. Um, Alexis and I, you know, put our oldest into uh, St. Pius for the first time this week. And how blessed are we that that was a hard decision because there are so many incredible schools around here. Mm-hmm. How blessed are we, you know, you listen to this show, you hear these speakers, you hear these priests, you hear these students. How blessed are we to be surrounded by people like that? How blessed are we to have the vibrant community and access to the sacraments? Um, I would I would counteract and I would stand in the in the face of any negative uh, happening in our world, and I would say currently, how blessed are we? Um, so that's what I would hope to share with 
with those. Love you, man. That's awesome. That's good stuff right there. Uh, you know, we say Cajun Catholics is a, is a, a marriage of uh, faith and culture. And uh, in South Louisiana, we love our faith and we love our culture. And I think you summed that up very well. Been a, been a blessing for you to be on the show today, Andrew. And I wish you Godspeed. And, uh, you know, I'll, you'll be in my prayers. Thank you so much, Todd. All right. I appreciate uh, your work. You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest was Andrew Treg. And uh, we always engage you to engage the Cajun Catholic, challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic. And you, if you miss any episodes, we're on Spotify and SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. Just search Cajun Catholics. Until next time, God bless.